What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middlecoff! Dr. Middlecoff! Dr. Middlecoff! <laughs> what up, dog? Oh, my God. John, are you as mad as I am that nobody is talking about the health of Kevon Looney? <laughs> I know. Why the is disrespect. nobody saying, Kevon Looney better not play in game six? Independent... Observing, he's his own doctor. Who let Kavon Looney on the court? Could have collapsed his chest. Where's that opinion, Middlecoff? Where is the Where is the defense he, for Kavon Looney? Honestly, guy, you immediately vault him into the top five of tough guys in the NBA. I mean, let's call it what it is—a soft league. Uh, but he is like NFL level tough. Strapped tough. it up, shot it up, wincing in pain, hitting the ground. Uh, <laughs> Do you see what he said after? Like, yeah, I'll be in Game Six. I guess they took him back to the x-ray machine, and it was like, what's the point of x-raying this? We're just going to go back home anyway. Like, yeah, He's like, no, it was just, I, I, I'm in so much pain. I, I don't know if I can go back in, but I'll be, we'll shoot it back up. I'll be good to go. This guy's a fucking war dad. I love Kevon Looney. Yeah. Absolutely uh, love him. This podcast is brought to you by easewellness.com. Promo code HAM. That's E-A-Z-E wellness.com. Promo code HAM. I, we learned something about uh, Ease Wellness, John. We did, guy. You know, he's been a prominent figure during the NBA Finals. We learned that he also pooped his pants when he uh, got uh, wheelchaired back in, in the NBA Finals. I think that was like 07 or 08. Believe, I don't believe that story for the record. I don't really either, but it, 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 it made you think. <laughs> NBA star Paul Pierce has launched his own line of CBD vapes called The Truth CBD Remedies, compatible with luxury vaporizers, battery, uh, all sorts of stuff. I was just checking. I'm getting a nighttime one. I'm also getting a daytime mind kind of awakening one. Love myself some CBD products. Go to easewellness.com. It has it all. Vapes, drops, Paul Pierce's vapes, doggy treats, bath bombs, you name it. They got it. Easewellness.com. Promo code HAM. Promo code HAM for first-time users. Get you $20 off. And as always, with Ease and Ease Wellness. Any order over $50, your delivery will be free. So go to easewellness.com and use the promo code HAM. This podcast also brought to you by a place where there is going to be a line on Game 6, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the numeral 1. Gotcha. Sorry, I lost my uh, my focus there, guy. That's okay, Pro- John. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. We got the U.S. Open this weekend. I may or may not have, may or may not have put several hundred dollars last night on the Warriors, all because of a Kevin Durant warm-up video, guy. Mm. Kevin Durant warm-up video. The dance. And, and then I felt incredible. I got him at like plus 350. And then all of a sudden, guy, he goes down. What's what looks like a torn Achilles. Pretty nervous, but they still won the game. You can get him right now for the series at plus 275. So I'm still getting better value. But a little nervous because Kevin Durant's not there. I don't know if they can win two games. But I do know Dustin Johnson, heavy favorite, U.S. Open, promo code HAM1. Also, 
what else we got? Tiger Woods, 12 to 1. He's been playing really good golf. Roy McElroy, hot as the sun right now, coming in. He's got a chance. He's one of the favorites. Kepka, I got news for you. I don't believe, but maybe he wins his third straight U.S. Open. I don't know. Uh, kind of like Jordan Speed, 20 to 1. So, yeah, you name it, you can bet on it. Promo code HAM1, mybookie.ag. All right. Yep. We'll be out at Pebble on Friday yelling promo code HAM. So uh, look forward to that. If anyone's going out to Pebble, scream it out. Promo code HAM. Promo code HAM. What? I mean, if we hear a promo code HAM, if we can somehow identify the person who does it, if we hear it on television, there's got to be some reward in that. A free year of the HAM podcast, I think, is what that person would get, among other things. Some koozies for yes. sure. Got John, uh, the bullets are flying everywhere today. I mean, it is a wild day of Kevin Durant, Warriors, takes. Um. Wild. I, I didn't realize, you know, one thing, where, where should we start? Let's just start with the blame, blame, because that's where that's what everybody's talking about. The game was wild. Uh, I never would have imagined you would have a team win a game, Middlecoff, that keeps their season from ending in the finals. And the fact that they won the game doesn't feel like the biggest story today, does it? Well, it's not in a weird way, because one of the best players ever might have torn his Achilles in game five of the NBA finals. I, I mean, I just think that that is the worst possible NBA injury beside, like, heart attack or something, right? <laughs> like, where you legitimately can't live. Like, an actual physical injury, he went down. The series, it'd be one thing, too, if he was under contract for the next four years, like had signed his max deal this offseason, which he keeps signing one for ones. And you could argue, like, eventually it was going to blow up in someone's faces, right? There, there's a reason they're going, Joe Lacob's like, sign the max, and he won't. So I'm not taking that necessarily take, but like all these guys are doing it. Eventually, you got the long term deals are there for a reason. One, and I think two, the elephant in the room of like, did he rush back? Was he okay? This notion that like it's like NFL players, the teams force you out. Do do people follow the NBA, especially like the top ten players? Kawhi last year was like, fucking, I'm out, and just left. Kevin. Joe Lacob, one of the probably the biggest egos in America, he tells exactly what he wants him to do. Not Joe tells Kevin. Joe kisses his feet. He's like LeBron. He can do whatever he wants. I, is there just a chance guy that he just got hurt? Now, it was the same leg, so the overcompensation or whatever, but yeah. was it bound to go? I don't know. I don't either. I mean, God, there's a lot. There's so much here. I think, you know, I saw Rachel Nichols said it after the game that she was talking to Steve, and Steve was saying that, they believed that he couldn't further injure himself. I think Doris Burke said that. And I think, well, you know, first got to figure out what are we talking about. You and I talked for a while, like we thought, because we're amateur doctors like everybody else, that there was some Achilles issue. Their assessment was it was a calf injury, and he couldn't further injure his calf. Well, he didn't injure his calf. So it can be true that the analysis, the expert opinion was he could not further injure his calf. And he did not injure his calf. But everyone knows you injure one thing, like you said, everything else becomes a little more susceptible. Is, is, there, is there a chance, conspiracy theory here, that he partially strained his Achilles when he pulled his calf? Because remember, when he went down, he kind of grabbed at his Achilles, yes. not his calf. I, I definitely think that. I've thought that. I kind of backed off it after a while because it was everyone was so adamant that it was just a calf. But I think Remember that's how when Richard Sherman tore his Achilles, that year he had been dealing with a cat, uh, an Achilles strain? Right. He said, oh yeah, you know, in retrospect, it was really sore. <laughs> yeah. Guess it was going to go. So that's definitely possible. But but back to your other point, wh- where all the blame is going. Like, you're right. This is Why do players feel pressure to get on the field in football? Their contracts aren't guaranteed and their careers are short. And they know management will discard them immediately. Well, well, that's what I mean. Their contracts aren't guaranteed, and their careers are short. So they will just get rid of them. If that's like, it doesn't mean you're less of a good teammate if that's the reason you get back on the court, right? Not because I just want to win a championship for me. Like, no, you, part of this is job security. Well, like you said, that's, it's a different world in the NBA. KD, he, he is wealthy one way or the other, and he will get more money. He will get more contracts. But anyone that thinks that over the last month, the only doctors that Kevin consulted was the Warriors team doctors crazy. There's no way that's the only doctor that he consulted. There's no way he didn't get other opinions. There's no way he didn't have people um, helping him make that decision. There's no way Rich Kleiman wasn't helping him make that decision. Jay Williams, who had dinner with him the other night, said he's going to play. His business partner. Jay's looking out for players. He, you don't think he said, 
Kevin, don't, Kevin, this dinner is to tell you not to do it. I don't know what it was or wasn't, but what I, what I do believe in 2019, everybody gets second opinions, third, fourth, fifth. There's no way this was just the decision of, we could talk about why did Bob feel the way he felt, but there's no way that Kevin was pushed into this by the Warriors without having people that are only interested in his best interest also weigh in. Well, this was always my issue with Kawhi. To think of the Spurs who were going to build their entire franchise around the guy and who had won with the guy as a key member of this team, even when they had the Hall of Famers, didn't have his best interest at heart is kind of crazy to me. Now, I get things get personal. Like, the one thing I do believe is that Kevin and the Warriors have a really good relationship, like internally. Lakeup, Bob, the doctors. Maybe things got a little haywire or sideways with Kawhi. But to think that, like, the Warriors... Now, I, it's probably not really arguable that they all want him to play because they're better off with him on the court. But to think that they'd have the ability to push him on the court when it was just reported that he basically told them, no, game four. Like, no, I'm not coming back. And I, I just think guys get hurt sometimes. It's just a freaky deal. But no one beside, wouldn't you say, I don't know, LeBron James has more power in the N- NBA. Maybe Kawhi now because he's in Toronto and they're, they do, he, they'd do anything for him. But the, and then as Kevin, like the, the franchise who has multiple Hall of Famers curtails everything they do to his every need guy every need they do everything fucking possible and he's had a major injury for them before was it last year or two years ago was his first year or second year when the dude in washington fell on his knee was it beal or nene or whoever and he was out for like two months and they like they've already been wasn't it uh, Gort- was it gortat might have been gortat whoever but they've been through it and they treated it like they've had their best player in the history of the franchise, arguably, has had major ankle injuries. Like, they, they treat the shit pretty seriously. They've been through it with all sorts. Clay's had injuries. Do you think I, – I think one big part of this is that he's a free agent. You kind of said it, right? And so it's easy to set it up like they're just going to discard him as if, as if Bob and Joe have given up on the possibility of convincing him to stay. Maybe they had, maybe they hadn't. But I think if he was under contract – do you think he would have played if he, if he had four years left on his contract? Do you think he plays last night, Kevin? Uh, yeah. I do, too. I mean, he, right? might, he, he has been more incentive. Before. He has yeah. more incentive to play. Because not... it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. But do you think the blowback is the same if he plays? Well, uh, no, because he's, fucking, he's already taken care of. So yeah. isn't there some blowback? And why are you guys such idiots to keep signing these one-on-one deals? And they tell you because it doesn't. I could have two torn Achilles, and I'm still going to get the max. And they're right. That's why I think the overreaction on all this bullshit – to me, the main question is, like, is he ever going to be okay again? Like, is he ever going to be the same, the best player in the world? If he, Like, that's the conversation. He is not Emmanuel Acho bitching and moaning on Twitter. He's not some NFL backup that's never made any money. He's made hundreds of millions, and he would have the Warriors, and I don't know if I agree with this uh, in terms of giving him $250 million or whatever his Supermax is. Brooklyn and New York would probably max him without even blinking. They wouldn't even need to get the, the X-ray. So he is fine financially. Then I think that's coming. Like he's screwed. No, he's not screwed. Now he might be screwed because he may never be the same player, but he's getting his money. And I think that's lost. Like, can we put a little blame on, you know, Kevin, maybe you should have signed the max. Can we do that? Or is that not allowed? Well, it's allowed, but my response would be until Kevin starts complaining about it, I'm not going to tell him what he should have done. Right. Well, okay, then like, maybe I'm just complaining you know to the people that are complaining. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because yeah. Kevin's not saying that. Because yeah. Kevin knows. Like, I could have. They could cut off my foot, and I'd probably still get a hundred. But this is know? part, yeah. This is part of the risk reward for the superstars is they know that the reward is massive. The risk, because they're already really, really well paid, and if you're still young enough, like Kevin's going to be thirty-one, but he's still young enough where somebody else is going to, he will get paid a good amount of money. That it's more about the other stuff, and I, I wonder, like when I think about Bob's. When I say the other stuff, I mean like the legacy stuff and the championships. And I wonder when Bob is up there emotional last night and he, he, he made the point to start talking about, he said Kevin's one of the most misunderstood people, right? He started getting into all that stuff. And it just made me wonder, like, was that just, he was, that he was, ex- was that background on why he was so emotional or did he feel like all of the pressure from the outside was part of the reason Kevin played? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, did he feel like all the things that have been written and all the things that have been said clouded everyone's judgment and it made them want to get Kevin back on the floor but, so he but, could prove everybody just, wrong? That's just always gone on on some level. No, no, know? I know, no, I know. I'm just wondering what what we don't know right now are all the considerations as to what got him back onto the court, right? And I wonder if deep in somebody's brain or if brains of Rich Kleiman and Kevin and Bob and everybody, was that part of it? It's like, we want to see Kevin pr- sh- tell everybody to shove it. We want to see Kevin prove To me, to Bob looks really bad if there was a conversation like, Bob looks at him, Kevin, we need you to win the championship. I'm not right. And Bob goes, we need you. And he goes, fine, I'll do it for you. Right, if right. that happened, right. then Bob is 100% justified. But if Bob was like, Kevin, you got to do what Kevin, you Kevin, I do. promise you, Joe will pay you. And Joe's like, what'd you say? Yeah, I mean, if, if it was simply like, listen, we want you to play, but it's up to you, then I, I mean, the Warriors have no blood on their hands. I mean, I, I just, and I don't think any team would. People get fucking hurt, and this is a guy that's had major injuries. And I was listening to Simmons' podcast. He's like, what, what's so, what, he's kind of an outlier in his career being that size. Most of those guys in the history of the league have had, once they've had a bad injury, they never really responded. He's had one really bad injury right in uh, in OKC. The Remember feet. when he, his foot happened and then he came back that one night. It was like a TNT game. And he went for like 25 in the first half. And then right as the half was ending, it was like he broke his foot again. <laughs> Remember how he walked off? It was it's like, almost oh the exact God. same situation. And then in the Warriors, which was way less worse, but it was still pretty bad when the dude fell on his knee and we thought he kind of tore his knee. But, I mean, those are type injuries that, like, God, he might never be the same. And then this, the calf was clearly pretty bad, right? Or the calf slash Achilles when it, when it happened. Yeah. Who's that, Houston? Kind of felt like it was over. And then the last probably two weeks, it felt like he was going to come back. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I, I, I refuse to say that, like, th- there's some crazy conspiracy here. Like, this is part of sports. People get fucking hurt. You know, and people want to play like what you what do you think? He likes twiddling his thumbs. He's already super rich and he's going to continue to be super rich. He wanted this is the NBA finals. He just wanted to play. He wanted to go out there and win. And it was clear when he came back, they would have fucking won. If one thing I know for a fact and I'm not if Toronto wins this, it's their title and I no asterisk. But if he plays this whole time and Looney's healthy and Clay's healthy and Steph's healthy, the Warriors win this thing in five. Maybe John, I don't even think they I think even if Looney and. And Clay have the exact same series, just with Kevin and Steph. Yeah, because look, Clay's come back. Here's the other thing: just I won't spend much time on this, but that injury could have happened last night without a calf injury, because the calf injury happened out of the blue. Well, but and we've also seen countless receivers, DBs, basketball players now get the Achilles non-contact because wouldn't you say it's kind of like a, it's like a speed athlete. Injury, right? Stop and starting, exploding. It's just hell. I mean, we've seen offensive linemen get it. It's, it's, it's interwoven in football and basketball, kind of now, right? I yeah. Of I just the high level guys getting hurt. It's happened to a lot of them. I couldn't Macklin, believe in non-contact too. His was he was just planting. I couldn't believe he went from not being able to practice to that pregame dance. Well, that's why I threw three hundred dollars on the game. I don't blame you. Pre-game dance, but I'd say even more than the. What pre-game if it had happened in the pregame dance? Then I would have regretted my bet. But did you? But can see you imagine that? how devastating it would have been if that injury had occurred in the dance? Did you see, guy, the the uh, the pregame warm up little cut up that Slater did, yeah. where he does like the dance, but it involves a ball and him shooting a three, nothing but net. Then. Uh, just cutting down the baseline alley oop from Bruce Fraser. I'm like, guy, he's going for forty. Do you <laughs> think? Do you think they could have told him? And this is kind of an extreme hypothetical. A lot of but, people. A lot of people were tweeting, "Oh, he's going to be rusty." My first thought was, "Oh, he's going to be fresh." Yeah, he airballed the one shot, and then he was fantastic. Um, do you think they could have told him seriously now? Because there was no minutes restriction, and sometimes Achilles, like your your Achilles pops. I've heard people say this partly when your body's tired. I was talking to somebody who hurt their um, – oh, you know who it was? Uh, well, I won't say their name. But they, uh, they hurt their Achilles after a long – like several hours of tennis, and it was just – the doctor told them, like, this was because you were tired that this occurred. But what if they had said, we're not going to play him. 
with no minutes restriction. We're going to play him eight minutes a quarter, and we're going to tell him, don't, you, you, we don't really want you driving. We don't really want you accelerating. You're more of a shooter, not a decoy, but we don't want you doing anything that resembles explosive movement. Now, that'd be really hard. I know that's hypothetical now, but I wonder if he could have played three games like that, like as a spot-up shooter who's not playing, you know, 11 minutes a quarter, but is playing eighth. Yeah, my, my thing is, is that it was so easy to be like, oh, they shouldn't have let him play so much. Right. He's fucking Kevin Durant, and when he says I'm good to go, and then oh. he starts dominating, what are you supposed to do? Treat him like he's Alfonso McKinney? You know? It, it, Kawhi, Steph, I mean, once they go, they just go. You just, you, you don't tell secretary to get back in the barn once it starts, once it starts running. And at the end of the day, he looked normal Kevin Durant. You, you don't even think about it. You, yeah. Because my, my counter would be, okay, let's say you want this. We're going to go, instead of even pushing like a 35-minute game, we're just going to go four five-minute bursts. It's always easy to say that, and then the game gets tired or you're down. You're like, God, we need this guy. And then he comes in, he starts. Because you, you, you pro- if you could do it all over again, would you say that would be the way to go? Just four or five-minute bursts? Yeah, you're going to play five minutes, and we don't want you – we, we, you know, we're not going to tell anybody else this, but you're more, you're not a decoy, but we just don't want you doing it. If you can avoid explosive movements and between the legs, back, forward, what if, yeah, drive what if attacks. We did this? You start the game for five, come out. You come back in the game with five or six minutes left in the second quarter, finish the quarter. You start the third quarter, give us five or six minutes. Then the fourth quarter, we feel how it goes. Maybe you come back seven or eight minutes. So well, like, did you your number around early, low twenties? Yeah, I and, don't know. I mean, and play again, and, super easy and to say when he's kicking fucking ass. Sure, and play like you know your body's at seventy percent. Don't play like you think your body's at a hundred percent because there's no way his body was at a hundred. He looked a hundred percent, didn't he? Yes, it's crazy. He looked so good. So here's something that neither one of us has said that we should say. I think you've probably tweeted it. I give him credit for getting out there. And playing like that. Because I don't know. I think it's very easy not to trust your body in that situation. And he played like he was well, giving it everything he That's why it took had. a long time. Because he wanted to be able to trust his body. He's not. Most receivers, like Odell Beckham, and I think Kevin's kind of like. Kevin's not a play at 75%. He was playing with what felt like over 90. Like he, he didn't have to think about it. Because there was a play early in the game where he was D'ing up Siakam, and Siakam was used to going right over whoever. He's like, God damn, this guy's right in my face. You know, and he had to pass the ball. It just kind of, it completely changed the Warriors. It went, the Warriors would win. You 100% agree, there is no chance if the Warriors' main four guys are healthy that Toronto wins a series. None. No, and I'll say it again. I don't think, I think if Kevin and Steph are healthy, they, they win this series. And Clay is Clay, and Kavon plays every other game. I also think that people keep saying, you don't think he felt pressure by the other Warriors coming back? Well, yeah, that's life. I mean, the other guys came back off injuries. That's you sports. Know? One guy's battling through a, tor- a broken collarbone. The other guy, I don't know how he went from a pulled hammy to looking to having another one of just his absolute classic legendary. Beside Michael Jordan, I, I mean, has he had more legendary moments in third or fourth round in the conference finals and finals than any player in like NBA history in our life. Robert Ory. Like he has more memorable. I got news for you. He's got more memorable moments in the playoffs than Kobe. I'm not saying Robert 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 Ory comes to mind. Big shot, Bob. But I'm talking about an elite player, a guy that's viewed as an all-star, you know, a hall of fame type guy that just consistently delivers. Like I, I don't remember Kobe consistently, like having clutch moments, and there are stats out there. I, again, I'm not saying Clay is better than Kobe Bryant, but I am strictly saying, after watching last night, in like the history of my life, could you argue, like remember, did you see he, the thing Max Kellerman said, no. Steph or Iguodala? You could make an argument, oh, beside yeah. Michael Jordan in the history of the NBA, who would you want taking a game-winning shot like for Clay Thompson, correct? Yeah. Mario Eli, uh Robert Ory. I, I, see, I wouldn't even – yeah, Ori. But I mean, these are him. big shot guys. These guys have hit big shots. But Clay, you can count. Like, Clay is unique in that when he hits four in a row, you don't assume he's going to miss the next one, right? Like, some guys, you're like, oh, well, that's, you're not going to hit five. But Clay, the more he hits, the more you think he's going to make. Real quick, though, before we move on to that and the game, just what, what do you – right now, less than 24 hours later, 
what do you think Kevin does? Sign a max with the Warriors? I, I mean, I, sign honestly, with the Knicks? I, could, I, sign I, couldn't even, I couldn't even begin to guess. So it, I agree with you from a business standpoint, because I heard Scalabrini suggest today, like, if the Warriors really feel guilty, I wonder if that'll factor into what they pay him. Like, do they feel like they need to pay him, offer him the max in part out of guilt? I would say this. But like, they, they were prepared to offer him the 220. They've been prepared to do that forever. Yeah, yeah. That's all but, they've ever wanted to do. Right. But now it's like, would you not do it from a business standpoint? Like, I think from a business standpoint, you go, God, there is just a lot of risk in that. I would not do that. That said, I, I do assuming, think. Ke- assuming that the information comes out, it's fully torn. I think Kevin Durant in 2021, whatever version of him you get in 2021, whatever he becomes, you cannot assume he's the same player. But I do think whatever he becomes is still a fantastic because because he's so skilled, right? He's so much more skilled than anybody his size that I still think he's going to be. But elite but, I, but I but I thought guy for example, I remember thinking after to- Kobe tore his Achilles because remember he just became such an incredible jump shooter that it was like his game's going to age really well, age really well, and it just didn't. I mean, it just fell off a cliff. Th- this injury has just. Now, he's younger, and he's probably not quite as maniacal, different body type. Kobe had been really banged up over the years, and it was like, fucking, come on, Looney, right? Didn't miss any time. But I, like Rudy Gay is a guy. Now, he's a bad example because Kevin's so much better, but has come back from the Achilles, you know? And he's been fine, but he's not as good as he was. Now, again, he wasn't that great to begin with. I just, if you were Joe Lacob, and his, and Rich calls right now, said, listen, it's torn. Uh, I, I will give you a handshake deal right now. We're in on the Supermax. I, I need your answer in the next five minutes or we're going to just become free agents. What would you say? I think they'd do it. I think they probably would too, but I'm saying what would you say? Because um, I'd need the full five minutes. Yeah, I would too. I might do it though because I still think in two years, even if so he's you're not... Going, the, your, your chase center next year is no Kevin Durant, that money, your team's probably But I don't be. think you're going to... Yeah, but how much money do you really have anyway without him? Because he's a... Retur- like. He'd be your own guy. Like, how much money do you really have to sign guys next year? Um, I think it'd be tough. I think it'd be tough to win the title, even even if he's on somebody else's team next year and you have a little more money to spend. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, maybe that doesn't impact as much next year, but just big picture, it has a major impact. Yeah, the question Never, is just like... He's a shell of himself. Right. Is, is in 2021, is that team good enough to win a title? Or just everybody older, and you're like, ah, we need somebody who's younger on this team. We need, you know, whoever the next guy like is. Like, you, you, you admit the safest play is just let him go. Yeah, like that he's is probably safe. gone anyway. Yep. And now, like, letting him go fully healthy was like, God, this sucks. Now, you, you know, it's you just go, well, he might become Amari. He might become Blake Griffin. He might just never be the if same. You're just doing, if you're just doing cold, again, hard bets, I think the, yeah, cold, hard bets, the bet would be let's just let him go. And we just we find other ways to build a team. Because my first reaction, guy, was I was just pretty unequivocally one hundred percent. I'm not signing him to the supermax on a on a fully torn Achilles. You could argue. You've seen signs, and he is a remarkable player, top ten player probably ever. And if he doesn't get hurt, that what his what his path was these next couple of years was like headed toward. This guy's an unsolvable force. Now you start looking. Like, is this guy always kind of going to be banged up? You know, just because wherever he goes, if he goes to the Knicks, what are they going to average, like 32 minutes a game? He's going to play a lot. Because why wouldn't you play him? He'll be going for 40 every night. Right. It, I, I don't know. I mean, you forget, too. How many years is he in the league? He came in in 07. I mean, he's he 12 19, yeah. in the league. So this is a 31-year-old guy with a lot of wear and tear. And it's not like when some guys get to that first, like when Steph was able to sign his first Supermax, he was nine years in. Well, where Kevin has put a little buffer on it because he, quote, kind of did that with the Warriors, but he really just did like three kind of one-on-ones, right? So he's just been doing these one-on-ones the last three years. So he's actually not the ninth-year guy. He's a 12th-year guy within three more years of not crazy, crazy wear and tear because he had a Stephen Clay to help him out, but still a lot of wear and tear because he plays in big-ass games and they just say, fuck it, let him go for 35. I, I don't know. I, I, I my my guess right now. I, I'm with you, 
I think the Warriors would one one hundred might be strong because Joe at the end of the day is a cold hearted business guy, but still like ninety percent because I think it'd be easy for him to bet on him coming back like ninety percent were still pretty incredible because even if he's ninety percent with an older Stephen Clay they're still really good that they offer him that but I think it's still only probably if it was like thirty seventy that he was going to sign it to begin with because the offer's been on the table now for like two years <laughs> or since he showed up here like what do you want Kevin. Since he signed here, they have constantly been, what do you want, Kevin? We'll give you that and more. You know, legally and illegally, we'll send you down to Silicon Valley. I, I still – would you even say if they if they called him right now? It, it's on the – we'll send it to you right now to sign. You'll be off the market today. I, I still say it's probably 50-50 that he'd say yes. Yeah, I'm not sure that he'd take it. I'm with you. That's uh, where there's an element of this, which I think you see in football sometimes – where it's like this guy's career might be over, he never made any money. It's it's gut wrenching. It's not gut wrenching to the fact that way with Kevin because he's made so much money and he's going to continue to make money. To me, it is because from a basketball legacy historic standpoint, it may kind of shatter the trajectory of his greatness. Where when it was all said and done, what if he went to the Knicks and had won like two more titles and became known as like a top five player ever? Yeah, yeah. He, I think that's. I think that is I think you nailed it. I think that is what people are most upset about. Is like he's a great player. Is this going to keep him from fully realizing his potential that he still had peak years left? I think that's what at the core is what's upsetting about it. Yeah, sucks. Uh all right, the game. Wow, this game. I this game can still become better than it was. I saw Windhorse say, I've never been to an NBA Finals game where mo- both teams were pissed after the loss. <laughs> That's what's weird about this. You know, if, if they win a title, that performance will become even more. Pro- if they somehow win Game 6 and Game 7, the fact that they played that way after Kevin Durant got hurt in an elimination game. Because I don't know about you. I'm sure it did cross your mind. Are they just, when he went down, my thought was, are they going to lose this game by 20 now? I didn't think that's what was going to happen, but that's, that thought entered my mind. Because going into the game, I thought... If they lost, it would be by 20. And then you watch the game start, and you thought, well, they are not losing this game. Certainly not by 20. They might lose it, but they're not getting blown out. They're not quitting the night. And then he gets hurt, and Andre and Steph walk him to the locker room, and Steph's back on the bench, and Steph's got, like, the towel over his head. And I just thought, I can't – if they tap out here, I'm not sure I can totally blame them, just the emotional hit. But they didn't. And Steph and Clay had just – on on those three shots late, on yawns, incredible, uh, just absolute onions. I mean, those two, they're two of the greatest champions I've ever watched. Any sport, any time, any place, anywhere, Pat Hill style. That those two guys are fucking incredible. Uh, and now, Draymond blocking Cal Lowry's shot. Yeah, you gotta give I give Boogie some credit too. He played a great game. Uh. That was wild. I mean, I as again, someone that gambled on the game, I didn't know what to think right away. I thought the Warriors are probably in trouble. I didn't necessarily see 20 just because I thought they would fight. And I also thought the Raptors, because right when it started, the Raptors were a little out of sorts. Mm-hmm. And I saw a quote from Nick Nurse that said Kyle Lowry, who's been on Team USA with them, was pretty rattled. And Steph and Clay came up to him after halftime and they all because they've played together on Team USA and like consoled each other. It was weird, you know? I think I think a lot of the like Ibaka's played with them. I think a lot of people were kind of fucked up. They just saw this guy like the best player in the world. What's weird is Clay now openly just says the best player on our team. So it's like this is they respect him and he plays with Steph Curry. But I thought that last minute stretch did that not sum up the Warriors? Mm. Clay hits the shot, then I think they miss a shot, but Steph. Steve's like, hurry up! You only oh got eight God, seconds, John. and he's just for the one of the greatest ball handlers ever. He is easily the most loosey goosey ball handler ever in big spots, and he's not. He's just kind of going. Maybe that's what makes him great. Like maybe that's what helps him make plays in big moments because he's always just kind of flatlining, never too high, never too low. But then immediately, like they send two six foot ten guys at him. He's like, I'm screwed. I can't blame Draymond at all because Draymond was no. just standing there. And then, but then Draymond like kind of gets trapped and steps. I mean, it was just an all-time moment, guy. Never quite seen anything like <laughs> John, that. John, that play and then the boogie moving screen, where I thought, the, like those, 
individually one of those plays could have been the play that's getting replayed all day today after they lost the finals. Boogie down the stretch of the game had a goaltend on both sides and a moving screen. Now, in fairness to the moving screen, did you see the pl- the final play when he goes to block Kyle Lowry? Marcus Saul looks like uh, I, I don't know Joe Staley trying to block Draymond. So it's like that pl- does that call ever get called? I don't know, not there. And the, but the other great thing about Demarcus was that on both goaltends, he was absolutely positive that he did the, he 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 was correct and that they're going to reverse the call. Both well, times. the one the one off the backboard, like come on, Boogie. Yeah. The other one, the one angle looked clearly like it was. The other angle didn't. It, well, I, they kept showing that bottom angle. Like guys, that's not a good angle. That's an off the angles from you're shooting this from behind the basket. That's a terrible angle. I thought the ball technically was above the cylinder, but it clearly was not going to go in. But I understood why they called I, the it. The letter out. of the law, based on the video, yeah. they got the call right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was one of the few calls they got right. I, I couldn't argue with that. But as, again, someone that's got money on the game, technically I need three straight games, so I, I'm still not feeling good here going into game six. I thought when they turned it over to Draymond, I was like, they're going to lose. Yeah. And then when Clay, you know what's crazy? is like you scream at the television mm-hmm. to Draymond, shoot, shoot, even when he's shooting off. Like you got to shoot every once in a while. They're leaving you wide open. Just shoot. And he does it, but then every once in a while, the perfect ball movement leads to a Steph or Clay wide open. Like, I would love if we were just sitting down with Draymond, eat, drinking some beers. Clearly, when he gets in a rut with a shot, how does he balance? Because most of the time, he does make the pass where I think most players, it's too much passing, right? Because you're they're leaving you wide open. But in big spots, like the ball movement leads to these incredible wide open shots, or at least good looks, because... When you're running out on Steph or Clay, when the ball movement is perfectly working for them, you're always going to jump. And those guys are so deadly with the pump fake because they can pump fake and it's like Dan Marino. It's like boom, boom. You know, it's not the release is not uh, Tim Tebow here, right? <laughs> it's you're in the air and they're already back set going. So you don't like we see sometimes the guy that's kind of slow to the draw. NBA athletes are so great. You can pump fake them. And he can have like this double jump where he gets kind of right back. But they're, before you're even gathering, they're already off. And that to me is the greatest strength of those two guys. Probably happens a little more with Clay uh, because he's more of a standstill shooter where Steph's kind of coming off screens. But Steph, if he is a standstill guy, can do the exact same thing. Yeah. And I never blame the guy for jumping. You've been to a lot of basketball practice in your day. They're like, don't fall for the pump fake. Like, you do have to jump with those guys, right? Yeah. Like what are you gonna do? Like it's like don't don't fall for the pump fake when it's Draymond or Boogie, but when it's those two guys, you gotta jump. Those three shots. You know what was underrated? I thought late was Steph got two defensive rebounds late in the game too. Well, he's a good rebounding guard. But I mean, like in critical moments, and the Warriors were desperately trying to protect the glass. How about Quinn Cook hitting that shot earlier only, off only, the screen? Only two guys in the game had more rebounds than Steph. Yeah, I so. Clay hits the three to make it 103-100. I thought Steph's three to tie the game was wild because Steph hands the ball off out on the right side, and then he goes all the way underneath, right, circles all the way around, comes off whatever, three screens. And what I was thinking after he hit the shot was that whole time he was running, John, he knew he was about to have to take that shot. Like, it wasn't just the ball appeared in his hands, he shot it. Like, the whole time he's running, he knows he's coming around to catch and shoot that ball, and he still drilled it. And then obviously Clay with the flyby Kawhi side dribble buries the three. Just Draymond had a three, boom. I think, in the fourth quarter, the one he smiled Draymond, at Ibaka. Well, that was after Iguodala. Like him and Iguodala were wide open at the top, and Iguodala well, gave it to him. Iguodala shouldn't shoot another shot. I think. <laughs> I mean, Quinn, he got subbed out for Quinn Cook late in the game. You know, a, pro- a little bit of a problem is right now Iguodala and Livingston, and this is why I don't have much faith that they can come back. Do you know how many points those two combined for last night? I'll tell you, five. Yeah. And I, I just don't know. Like, if you told me the Warriors win this series, I would say you're at least going to have to average 10 between the two of them. And even that feels a little low. I, I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. So uh, I like where you're going with this. So let's just continue to talk about this series. Because Dur- Durant gave them 11, so, and they won by one. So yes. where, do the, where do those extra 10 go? Exactly. Is, that's that's the one thing I was thinking last night was just because Kevin got hurt, his points still counted. The points <laughs> yeah. that he scored were still on the scoreboard. 
And that was big. Like, they don't win last night without him. No. They don't win last night without Kevin. Now, they are coming home. And I do think just emotionally, part of what happened in game five was the Raptors weren't great shooting the ball. And so the question is, like, are they less good after blowing an opportunity to win? Blowing might be strong. Well, they had a lead late, so they did kind of blow it when Nick Nurse called the timeout. So what's the Raptors' mental state coming into Oracle game six? Like that's, that's In other words, like you need them to not be at their best, right? At their best, the Raptors are going to win this series. Do you agree with that? Or, or do you think at their best they can still get beat? Say that one more time. If the Raptors bounce back like game five didn't happen and play at their best in game six, are they going to win game be, six? The Warriors would be in some trouble, yes. Yeah. So I do think part, a big part of this is how do the Raptors react? Like It's going to take them making some bad plays for the Warriors to win this championship, which, okay, it's fine. That happens. Like That's part of the deal. It's a seven-game series. It's not a five-game series. Well, he, here's the thing. that Kawhi, for that five-minute stretch, I don't even know. I think it was actually two minutes of game time, scored 10 points. Oh. Did that look like Michael Jordan to you? Again, that's when I thought they were about to win by 17. It well, they incredible. went up six. They were up six guy with three minutes. It's like, oh, this game's going to end a 12-point game. It's going to be one of those where it's like 118 to 104, but everyone's like, I'm telling you, the game was fucking tight the entire game, and then free throws, and especially Steph and Clay had missed a couple threes. You're like, oh my God, how are they going to score? And then Kawhi's just hitting these dagger threes. It's like, Jesus Christ, I'm screwed. I just gave away money. And then the heart of a champion. So I, I actually, if, if the Warriors do lose this series, I won't feel like quite the loser because of last night where I felt like I should have lost. But I, here's my thing with the, the Raptors. Going home for game seven, they would be a little tight because all the pressure would then kind of be on them. That The Warriors don't have Kevin. They've won two straight games. Like, Are you really going to blow this series? You were up six with less than – I think it was right around three or less than three to go. Windhorse also said if you looked in the tunnel, the the trophy was there. Bill Russell was standing in the tunnel. Like, obviously, I don't – I mean, that's what you got to do. You're about to win. What I wonder is Gasol started really hot. Gave him, like, I think he had, like, 12 or 15 in the first half. He had 17 for the game. So when they get, like, 17-plus from him, remember, I think the first game he had 20, they're tough because Leonard's going to give you between 25-30. Lowry only had 18, but one thing that you notice with Lowry, he gets in foul trouble a lot. He was in foul trouble last night, same with Gasol. Siakam's been really hit or miss. He didn't play the last nine minutes or whatever it was. Ibaka's been fucking fantastic. So can Ibaka just maintain this? I would probably say yeah, because it feels like every time he plays the Warriors. Isn't Ibaka one of those guys, beside like elite players in all of sports, where you go, this guy just owns the team. Like every time he plays the Warriors, you go, is this like the second or third best player on the court right now? Just rebounds, blocks, transition blocks. He'd transition be a great Warrior, John. Well, he would. But he, the problem is he makes like $20 million. He's not leaving. Um I ain't leaving. Uh, uh, what about Nurse's timeout? It was awful. Someone said that Lowry might have mentioned, like they, because they, Nurse, I saw him after the game. Did you hear what the reporter's question was? How come you called the timeout when, when we were up six points with only three minutes, and then he and then he caught himself. He's dropped a we. RaptorsNation.com. Nurse handled we it the pretty North. well. WeTheNorth.com. Yeah, Nurse wasn't mad. Or anything, he just said, "Well," and he had a. He's like, "I thought we were gassed." Now I think the counter would be, "Bro, it's game it's game five, the NBA Finals. You're up at home. You can win the NBA Finals." But is there a chance, like, because someone mentioned, like, Lowry looked at him, like, "We're fucking on fumes," and kind of went like that. So he just called it, and I, I didn't even know. I mean, I kind of knew the rule, but Nurse is like, "We had three timeouts. You can only take two of them with you under two two minutes or something like that." So he's like, "I, I had one to spare. I, I thought our guys were tired." It yeah, wasn't I, like a momentum thing. It was just we were done. Yeah, I I don't think it was like this dramatic, awful, but it's it, it like, did hurt the flow of them. Yeah, maybe the Warriors needed the rest too. Well, they did. So, but, but a timeout, both teams get a rest, yeah, right? Yeah. You know? But I'm just saying, like, the Warriors, maybe both teams needed a rest, but the Warriors needed the game to stop. And it did. And it did. So, look, if anybody. It's going to take massive performances from Clay and Steph. Um, if is this their gonna... finest championship if they win it? Yes. 
Absolutely. Does this cement the, the dynasty? Yes. Like it's four and five years that they yes. win it. Like it's just set. From like whatever that, happens in perpetuity. Was that where would you put that game? Just in your favorite Warrior games of the era. Well, I mean, the OKC six is right up. Clay's there. game six, I feel like, is number one. There's for a couple me. of those, a couple of those Houston games are pretty unreal. Yeah. This year, uh, that's. <laughs> That's right up there, guy. Yeah, it's uh, because partly because it was Clay and Steph and Clay hitting threes in a ju- in a jump shooting team, right when they needed those shots, back to back to back. I'm one to get you, it to three, one to tie me, it, one to take the lead. Your life was on the line. Your life was on the line, and a muddied play, not just a wide open shot for a guy, no one in the gym or a turnaround or whatever, just a muddy play, and you'd want it in that guy's hands, I might choose Clay Thompson. I might choose Clay. Thompson. I don't know Thompson. if there's a scenario, because he can get a shot. He gets these shots off from the corner that are – he catches – he shot one ball in the first half. He missed the shot. I don't remember if you remember it, but the pass came from, like, the opposite elbow, and he was in front of the Warrior bench in the corner, and there was, like, nowhere to throw the ball. It was like throwing a guy, like, low into the pylon. You know, you, like, throw it low, and the guy goes down to the pylon to catch it. It was like a pass like that, and Clay somehow shifted. The ball has to pass, like, five people. Clay catches it in the corner with no room, puts it up. He didn't hit the shot, but it was just an incredible sequence. Like, I think I would just you, – you could draw it up, muddy play, drawn-up play, wide-open shot, covered by two guys. I think I just want Clay. My favorite play, my favorite play of the night – was Clay Thompson bottom right hand corner gets blocked by Kawhi? Both of them showed ze- like, and then Van Gundy jokes uh, uh, like, "God, you see all that shit he's talking?" And he didn't say a word, and neither of them they just both like just look, you know. I mean, that's a moment where one guy is usually embarrassed, and the other guy's like, "Get the fuck out!" Right, right. You know they didn't even say it. Both of them just like, whatever. It was just cl- the two of their body expressions because Clay. Actually, is really profound. Like, just watched him in the post game. He to me is just a. Everyone's like Steph's the voice of the team, and I think in the, the huddles and stuff. But to me, like adversarial, just crazy weird shit happening. He he handles himself as well as you can ask. Just the way he was up there talking about how terribly fent for Kevin and just what the game meant, and just it's just like God, this guy's matured at just levels that are just stupid. But his on the court reaction. Is just kind of Kawhi-ish, you know. I think if Nick Saban he's, could start a basketball, he, celebra- he celebrates a little more. If Nick Saban could start a basketball team, he would take Kawhi and Clay one and two. Yeah, I mean those guys. Can you, would that be a boring team to root for, or kind of fun team to root for? I don't really know. <laughs> They'd but just it, be so I, good. How good would they be if somehow, like I told you, June sixth or July sixth, the Clippers have landed Kawhi and Clay. Champion. I, I mean, God. <laughs> would you say they would be the betting favorite? They'd be right up there, right? Would they be like the first great team without like a vocal leader, without anybody that talks on the court? Where, where are Steph and Clay going down when it's all said and done? I mean, I think they're kind of openly talked about as the best backcourt of all time. Would you say the second greatest duo beside uh, Jordan and Pippen? Uh, second greatest. I mean, I like part of this is do they win this championship? Um, I think it helps Shaq and Kobe that they like it was their it was those two were the clear headliners on their championships. But unlike Shaq and Kobe, like it's we know he's not leaving. Like Clay's coming back. Like they're going to be together for twelve, fifteen yeah, years, yeah, yeah. right? I, no, no doubt. I just like I I don't think it's I don't think it's the final. I don't think it's done yet. I think you would say Michael Scotty most accomplished. You'd say Shaq Kobe had the highest ceiling, but Kobe's. Let's call it what it is. Kobe's ego got in the way. Shaq was just going about his business. Just being I just mean lazy. those guys three peated, but it was clearly just the two of them, right? Like, not players. with Katie. No, well, yeah, of course. But I mean, yeah, like, they, they didn't. They didn't have like Kevin Garnett on the team. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just signed this free agent in 2001. His name was Tim Duncan. Now we got Shaq, Kobe, and Tim Duncan. I do understand why everyone on the outside thinks it's so unfair. Of course. Because you realize when you watch it, you're like, yeah, this is unfair. <laughs> the, the, the deck stack. Because I think the Raptors are really good, and Kevin showed back up, and it was like, this ain't really a fair fight anymore. You know? It's just not. And they are they are a relentless defensive team. That's one thing I'll, I'll give them. They are 
would I, I've always said that Houston would beat them. I've changed my tune in this playoffs. I, I don't know if Houston would. I, I, I don't think they would. I think these, if the Warriors would have gotten knocked out by the Rockets, these guys would have been the NBA champs. They still might be, but I think it would they would have be been. Series. You think Houston Raptors would be a good series? Yeah. See, I think, well, are we sure the Raptors wouldn't beat them in like five? They got um, home courts. Yeah, I mean, Capella, I don't know. I think it'd be a solid series. I think the Raptors would win it. Gordon, like, I think it'd be problem, like you said, is they just defend. Uh, by the way, real quick here. My least favorite take of the last uh, 15, last night, I just want to congratulate, I want to thank everybody for taking a stand against the people that were booing, I mean, cheering the Kevin Durant injury. Like, I'm, I'm glad that so many people stepped up and that and shamed all the people that were clapping. Something needs to be said to those people. That can't be acceptable in this society, John. Give me a break. Shut up. Like, we all, there's no debate. We all know cheering a hurt guy is dumb. Thank you for your strong takes on that. Like, I get why the players have a right to say something. But Twitter was just, this is not acceptable. This fan base is... Like, I watched the video. There are a bunch of people just sitting there doing nothing. Like, you put 25,000 people together, 100,000 people... 100 fans... Some of them will cheer for their team to win however their team needs to win. Like, you've never been, never been, you never thought about anybody. Like, man, I would, I hope that guy dies. Like, no one's ever thought that. Like, give me a break. They're human. Who cares? They're, I, like, I, who cares? I, and I, I, a guy, I honestly think, and I'm, I'm not a big candidate guy, as uh, you well know. Yeah. You think, you think they're showing off when they sing their own anthem like that? <laughs> I think a little bit. It kind of bothers me. I mean, we they, they send Monica. I mean, can't we send someone a little more famous? But, you know, that's nitpicking. I, I, I do think, though, Guy, the natural reaction is not cheering because they think he tore his Achilles. They're cheering because they think they can win and he's gone. They're not, like, cheering this guy's life story ending right there in front of him. I, I don't think it's, as, like, as vicious and as... You, you know, uh, I, I I don't even know what the right adjective. It's not. Is. It's not as deep. It's we're making it too yeah. deep. It's it's just basic. I thought Big Cat from PFT had a good. He's just like, he's like, we all have a little meat. We're just fans that are drinking. Like it's just a reaction. You either boo or cheer. This is not. You're not raising a child like giving them all these different levels of life. It's just pretty simple. We want to win or don't want to lose. I mean, well, it's just well, John, it's pretty if, fucking basic. If you told him Kevin Durant. And it has a career-ending injury, but you win the finals. Or he doesn't have a career-ending injury. And the Warriors win the finals. What would they choose? Of course. Hey, well, whatever. I just want to win the finals. Okay. Fine. Yeah, I also think a lot of the reaction, and again, I am not defending this country, that I, the more I've thought a lot about it the last couple weeks, are they the most irrelevant pretty big country in America, or I mean in the world? Like, if we had – everyone was lined up to take us out from, like, China and Russia, I think they'd be our last call. You know, like, they're just irrelevant. They're just there. Like, they, they don't factor in at all. Isn't that kind of their appeal, though, is that they just stay out of – like, they're just doing their own thing? Yeah, but I, I don't respect – I never respect that guy. Right. Just, you know, in a business or in an office is like, well, it's not my – I don't have anything to do with it. That's just always them. Like, hands up. Well, last night, I, I do think their first reaction was like – Whoa! You know when he goes down because he immediately throws and it's like oh you know so are they going whoa whoa now that one guy in the yeah. front row I but it's like does he speak for everyone there is the picture when he goes down one dude's taking a picture sitting right next to this guy you might have heard of Wayne Gretzky who's just looking at him and then another guy is just looking at him right so I, it's not I, I'm with you it's not as like maniacal vicious. And they're just so mean spirited, like you said. It's not that deep. I, I would say it's it couldn't be any more surface level, right? No. When you when you go to a game, to me, the only thing deep about having been to a playoff game, I think, in any sport, is like when plays happen, you feel if you're a sports like a big sports fan, and I would imagine most people in Toronto, they're either super rich, probably a combo, super rich sports fans. You do feel what's at stake. Like you're at a you're at a regular season game, unless you're watching like a no hitter or Nick Foles. Like I was at the game when Nick Foles threw for seven touchdowns. But at the end of the day, it's just like this is like JV versus varsity. Now, if I was at a Super Bowl and he was throwing for seven touchdowns, you're like I'm watching the most remarkable performance in the history of the sport. You when you're at an NBA Finals game, 
there was like historic uh, ramifications, right? But I, I, so there's a little deeper meaning. Fans know what they're watching. I mean, I, I can relate going to Game Seven. I if I could do it all again, I would have been sober. But I knew what was on the line that game. Uh, and I think, so there's a little probably deeper than surface level, but at the end of the day, you just cheer yes or kind of boo when bad shit happens. That's the most basic element of a sporting event at any level from little league to pro sports. You just have to pay more to go to these deals. I I don't think many people were like, I'm so glad that guy tore his Achilles, bad human. He can't walk now for a year. Well, John, hopefully the the doctor screws up the surgery. Like no one's saying that. If Tom Brady gets hurt in the first quarter of the Super Bowl. And we just pulled the other team's fans. Like, okay, we can dis- we can delay the next three quarters until Tom's healthy. Not only would they not do it, neither would the other team. Like, I don't want to win a championship like that. Okay, but you do want to win a championship, right? Like, yeah. Well, okay. I guess I'll. This is part of the sport. Injuries are part of the deal. Our guys get hurt too. Fine. It was in the moment. It was emotional. If it happened, like the fact that Kevin had been hurt a month ago, if he had never returned. And all the Raptors fans were saying, we're so glad Durant's not here. No one would say a word. Be like, yeah, of course you are. Well, they, did, you they, they the, you uh, did you see the back page of like the Post or whatever, yeah. the New York? Yeah. What's your reaction to that visual? Knicks lose game five? Yeah. Or something like that? Yeah. My reaction is, of, of, to them, the story is, Kevin's going to come here next year and he's going to be great on the Knicks. So, but, yeah, they lost if they thought they were getting him. The Knicks lost yesterday. They're allowed to express that emotion. But, but I can't believe the amount of people. I guess I can. Shameful. But, yeah, yikes. Like, do, do you guys follow the fucking back page? Do you know, like, that That resonates. I, I am so – one issue I have with the NBA right now is they are they don't worry about the fan at all. They, they just think that, like, at any moment, the, the fans are just there in perpetuity. You can just yell at them, scream at them, treat them like shit, charge them a shitload – and they're just there forever. I, I think they have no league has lost more touch with the consumer, and I, the even the NBA fan doesn't even quite like the elitists on social media. Like everyone in New York today is pissed off. Why? Because they thought their star player that was coming just tore his Achilles. Of course they're fucking mad. No. What that, about what about the loyalty to the human? This is a human being. Yeah, we know. Of course he's a human being. Like we get it. It's not insensitive I, I to also have thing, a selfish kinda, motivation. I'm, I'll be honest, guy. I'm getting a little tired of, do, do, do we know these are humans? No, I think they're robots. No, I think they're dogs. Yeah, yeah, we know they're fucking humans. Well, people have been yeah. telling us this. Look, guess what? Celebrities have been telling us for a long time that not every aspect of celebrity is wonderful. And that's part of it, that people walk up to you and grab your arm while you're eating dinner and say, hey, can I, sorry to interrupt, but can I get a photo? I'm not that's an animal something. in a cage. Look, logically, we all know that, but people act weird when it comes to famous people and celebrities, okay? Like, part of the emotion attached to treating you like you're more than just a human, like you're a superhero, is why we sell a lot of jerseys. That's why. Why people buy your card. Why people buy your shoe. Because if you were just viewed by the masses as just a normal human, then they just want to borrow your lawnmower, not buy your shoe. But that's part of the deal is ele- elevating your brand, elevating your brand, elevating your brand, elevating your brand. Why do they think I'm just I'm not a human? Because all we're doing is talking about your brand all the time. You're a, I'm a brand. I'm a brand. I'm a, you're a brand. You're a brand. Be a brand. Be a brand. Be a brand. Oh, I, I, I'm a business too. I'm, I'm a business. business. And I'm not even talking about Kevin. I'm just saying like we're always t- telling talking about people like they're not like well your Instagram should be curated for your brand, but then people are mad when you don't treat them like a human, but you treat them like they're Nike. What something. does that even? What does that even mean? I, be a brand. Be a brand. Be a brand. I'm a human. No, I'm a human. I'm a human. Curating your Instagram—that actually sounds pretty smart. I'd, I'd like to know how to do that. Well, I just mean that's what you know. Everything is thoughtfully put together. Yeah, it has yeah. to be in line with your brand, so people yeah. connect with you. Like my favorite tweets right now are the like, uh, eating chicken. What are your favorite meals? Like, how are people ants replying to that shit? <laughs> how are people replying to that? Look at my beautiful Porsche. It's blue. What are your favorite colors? Are you fucking kidding me? That's engagement? I, I honestly felt like, and I was just having these thoughts when I tweeted a survey, just harder thing to do, golf major, tennis major. Yeah. I'm like, am I kind of that loser? But I'm not even no, looking. No, no, I, no, I, that's, that's different. But I, but I thought that that's... But that's a genuine, you asked a genuine question. Like to me, yeah, that I was eating chicken, thinking. what are you guys eating tonight? It's not a genuine question. 
No. It's just engagement for replies for your brand, for your curation. I agree. Listening to podcasts, what are some of your favorites? That's legit. If you want to know what other podcasts exist. We'll just keep on grinding. Share this pod. All right. EaseWellness.com, guy. Promo code HAM. EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM. Also, uh, MyBookie.ag, promo yeah. code HAM1. Big, this is a big week. we got the podcast. We'll do we got game seven, game six, sorry, podcast. Then we'll be at Pebble on Friday. Big weekend. I, I, I was angling some of your former boss, guy named Chris Pacheco, that was the king of trade, we call him, because he could always barter. And I thought I'd get us a limo slash. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. Oh, yeah. I've got a couple no's, but you never – You just. I'm just looking for a maybe. The problem is time's ticking on us. Did you want to ask a listener to drive us down, John? No, I mean, I was just thinking, like, I'll okay. just drive. But. All right. <laughs> All right. Later. <laughs> Later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.